Hello and welcome to Fencast episode number 10. My name is Kit Chapman and I'm here to give you all the myths, legends and history of the exciting Fenlands of East Anglia. Joining me as ever is a man whose name is an anagram of Drab Maestro, <laughs> Adam Roberts. I had no idea. I love it. Very, hello. Hello. <laughs> and a man whose full name is an anagram of Learn Relaxed Plan. Nice. Alex Parnell. Nice. Hello. That, I like that. Well, no insults for Alex this week. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, I've, I've, if anything, anything, drab maestro. It's a little bit, but I, maestro, just yeah, you get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that, I think that, uh, that, that goes together. I, I, like I, I, didn't, I didn't actually look myself up, so I, have, I can't give you an anagram of my name. Let's get on with the show, shall we? <laughs> Our show all relates to a single family this week, and uh, we have several different stories from different stories throughout the ages. But we're going to start off with the first one. Why did Henry VIII's dick turn into a diamond? (laughs) All right, we've taken a slightly different angle. I'm going to have to put a little E on this episode, maybe. Uh, Why did his dick turn into a diamond? Was it compressed under a lot of pressure and a lot of heat? Well, Henry VIII famously was uh, was a a man of great girth, shall we say, Mm. towards the end of his life. He had Uh, quite the codpiece. He did. did. Well, this is the thing. So a codpiece was uh, was not necessarily an indicator of... um, of, of what you had, but uh, necessarily status. So, for example, if you look at a, a, a modern ballet, uh, the lead will have the larger codpiece. Really? Yeah, it is very much a status symbol. Fair enough. Um, but this, this was <laughs> this was indeed tied to status. It is actually talking about Richard Williams. Of course, it's not talking about his his dick in in, mm. in, in the uh, in the crude sense. Uh, so, Richard Williams was Welsh. Um, he was a member of the Privy Council, and he was a nephew of Thomas Cromwell. Do we know who Thomas Cromwell was? We do. Yes, Thomas Cromwell was. Uh, oh, oh, hold on a minute. I nearly got my Cromwells mixed up there. Thomas Cromwell was his, and I can't remember the name of the position, uh, but he's fantastic. He's the guy who's portrayed very brilliantly in um, Hilary Mantel's series, in uh, Wolf Freeman Hall. at the Bowls and yep. Warfall, yeah. Uh, and I think on TV as well now, isn't it? It's, it's been made yeah, up yeah, absolutely right with Mark, Mark Rylands, yeah. But I cannot remember for the life of me what the position is. Char- I want to say something like Chancellor. Yeah, it was Chancellor. No. Is it Chancellor? Yeah, it was, it was it Chancellor. Because yeah. I, I got mixed up with the... It took so long. You, I just have some more confidence. <laughs> because you had it. And you, we went all around the house. We went to the BBC. <laughs> we, we went to various just, dramas. Just and there you were. He, 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 he was also the Earl of Essex uh, yeah. later on in life. Um, he started off uh, r- rather relatively poorly, but uh, married well and, uh, and obviously rose to prominence mm-hmm. and was heavily involved with the dissolution of the monasteries. Yes, yeah. Um, which is really what he was famous for. Um, also, he uh, he brought over Anne of Cleves, which is uh, what cost him in the end. Which is what yeah. cost him in the end. Um, uh, cost him his head in yeah. the end, mm. um, because Henry VIII was not pleased. But uh, during the <laughs> dissolution of the monasteries, Richard Williams uh, was a nephew of Thomas Cromwell and um, and was quite a prominent uh, agent. So he would go around and he would break up the monasteries, and he did so in Huntingdonshire and Cambridgeshire. Ah, and he was the man who brought Hitchingbrook Nunnery, or Hitchingbrook Priory. Priory uh, during the dissolution of the monasteries for £19, 9 shillings and 2 pence, which is an incredible bargain. That sounds yeah. like a... Because we don't have uh, really an idea of how much money that was in those days, but that is the equivalent of buying sort of, you know, a mansion for uh, for 300 quid. You know, it, 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 he, he really got a good deal. And and that's probably because he was the one deciding the deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he, he basically stopped from the monasteries. He was also famous for being an incredible jouster. Uh, so there was a big joust. Uh, Henry VIII in younger younger days was a known sort of a- a fitness freak. He was a wrestler. He famously wrestled the French king. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Richard Williams uh, won a joust, 
and um, Henry VIII was so impressed by this, he said, Formerly thou wast my dick, but hereafter thou shalt be my diamond, and Brilliant. gave him a diamond ring wow. uh, from his finger, and insisted that uh, from that day forth he would have uh, a lion's paw on his coat of arms as a symbol of, of Henry VIII's royalty. Yeah. Uh, when Richard Williams died, um, yeah, he was he was worth at least three thousand pounds a year. Wow! Just from income around Huntingdonshire and Cambridgeshire, and of course, um, as I mentioned, he was he was uh, heavily involved in the area. He was the High Sheriff of Cambridgeshire and Huntingdonshire. Uh, became a member of Parliament for Huntingdonshire. Uh, you know, granted of the Monastery of St Mary's in Han Huntingdon, St Neot's Priory as well. Um, his son inherited a Hitchinbrook House. And uh, was knighted by Elizabeth I, um, and uh, went. So he he stayed at Hingebrook only in the summer. Uh -huh. Do we know where he spent his? his sorry, in, in in the winter. Do we know where he spent his summers? Great Yarmouth. <laughs> <laughs> You're not too far off. Lowestoft. Sharing it. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Uh, I'll get it. Um, Akel. Much much closer. Go <laughs> <laughs> on. Well, for you at this stage. Man. Uh, I can't think of any other. Any other. I'm saying he went to the coast. He, no, he didn't get to the coast. He went. He went to Ramsey Abbey. Oh. So he, he converted Ramsey Abbey into his summer home. One of the Abbey Cromwells, and and, yeah. and, Winch, uh, and Hinchinbrook House was his winter home. Uh, he was known as the Golden Knight. Uh, do we have any idea why? Did he wear a suit of armour made of gold? He did not. Damn. Was he born in the late autumn? He was not. Uh, so um, just, just really rich. Yeah. So Henry Henry Williams um, was, uh, and I should point out an interesting thing. Henry Williams by this point was no longer calling himself Williams. He was calling himself Cromwell. Yeah, mm. and this is because uh, the Welsh were encouraged no longer to take the uh, the sort of the the Welsh name of tradition tradition of getting names. So you'd name after after your father Ab William, which is where Williams comes from, uh, but to take a an English name, and he chose Cromwell because obviously you know his, Related, his father yeah. nephew of, uh, of Thomas Cromwell. Um, so uh, so Henry Cromwell was riding around Huntingdon, and what he used to do was he used to throw gold at uh, passers-by coins. <laughs> he used to throw them. So literally, he was making it rain. Wow, nice. um, and and he was known as the Golden Knight locally. Uh, he had uh, one son, Oliver, who was not Oliver Cromwell. Yeah. He had uh, the second son, Robert, uh, had a baby, and that was Oliver Cromwell. Um, but interestingly, he became involved in an, another very famous incident around Cambridgeshire. Do we have any idea what that might have been? This was in um, in March fifteen ninety. And it was his wife who was involved. In March or in March? Because round it, here. No, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in March the month. March. Oh, yeah. Hang on, we can get this. Yeah, come on. So, so we're looking 15, at 15, 15, is it, 15, is 15, it the Bouncing Witch in Witch's Heart? <laughs> You're in the right ballpark, but it is not the Bouncing Witch's Heart. Oh, it's not the Witches of War, boys. Then. It is the yeah, Witches hey. of War. Yes, Adam, nice. high five that. Boom. Teamwork. So <laughs> late Lady Cromwell... Uh, had a discussion regarding the accusations made against uh, Alice, uh, who was one of the, uh, one of the, um, the witches. Uh, during the conversation, Lady Cromwell reportedly grabbed a pair of scissors and cut a lock off uh, the hair of Alice and gave it to Mrs. Throckmorton to burn. This was a folk remedy believing to weaken a witch. Yeah. That night, Lady Cromwell had nightmares, became ill, died two years later. So, go. justice not particularly quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you can blame the witch. That seems, that seems very wild. But, yes, but this is one of the many allegations against the Witches of War Boys. And actually, I think we're going to have to devote an entire episode. Mm. Just some of, some of the things that the Witches of War Boys were accused of doing is quite spectacular. Um, it goes way beyond curdled milk, put it that way. It, yeah. it really does. And um, it will make you, it'll never make you think of a nipple the same way again. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> there are several... You don't know that one. Well, a nipple is... No, no well, I know what a nipple is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, don't show me. 
is all a quick rundown of of the Cromwell family, and and these are, as I said, this is uh, this is the grand the great grandfather and the the grandfather of uh, of Oliver Cromwell and their particular histories uh, and the Williams wow. family and the, where they emerged from. Um, not too much of a, a myth there, really, because there's very few questions to ask. But still, quite interesting characters in their own right, aren't they? Well, yeah, I, that, that's the fun thing about um, Huntingdonshire is that there's there's a lot of that kind of ruling class tends to be around it. It's one of the the famous shires, so you do get these kind of weird and wacky stories come out. The Golden Knight is is a a wonderful kind of example. It sounds like something Arthurian, doesn't it? It does. It you know, does. It's got that beautiful legendary tale to it. Unfortunately, it was quite a, an ordinary bloke who just happened to be yes loaded. Well, and, and yeah, and particularly Henry, good name with a coin. And Henry Williams was the man who made Hitchinbrook House. Yeah. So obviously, pr- prior to that, it was a convent and it was a nunnery. Um, do we know anything else about Hitchinbrook House? Uh, obviously, we've t- sp- spoken about later on the the Earl of Sandwich comes yeah. into it and invents the sandwich there. Do we know anything else? There's an all right uh, horror thing on every, um, you know. There is the the the, the Hinchinbrook House, House horror. horror. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Very very popular. Purge you, theme. Oh, you don't go to that. No, don't be ridiculous. I'm too scared. <laughs> Way too scared. <laughs> <laughs> I never go to that. You've seen all all these that is in the signs yeah. on the side of the road. I think you'll find I've I've read an article or two. <laughs> well, our next story relates directly to the house itself. Story number two, monkeying around. So I teased this last episode. There is a story to do with Hinchbrook mm. House and a monkey. Do we have any idea what that might be? No, All but- I'm thinking about is Dunstan Checks In. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful film from the early noughties or late nineties. Which didn't involve a monkey, it was an orangutan. That's an ape. S- <laughs> Can we cut that bit out? <laughs> <laughs> Staying in uh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up until that point, you were fine. But no, yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm, let's let's go for the old story. I've read a lot of ghost stories whereby there is uh, uh, someone who owns a house who has a pet monkey, and now and, and they, they 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 die, and now the Hinchinbrook house is haunted by the ghost of a monkey. Well, this is one of your options. So. Here are your three choices. Is Hinchbrook House haunted by the ghost of a monkey that was picked up in Africa and uh, and was actually part of a, a witch's curse against the, uh, the person? Yes. Wow. Was, as a young child, Oliver Cromwell stolen by a monkey? <laughs> or, as a young child, did Oliver Cromwell get into a fight with a monkey and beat it senseless? <laughs> Do you know what? The third one sounds like Cromwell. The third one has has the ring what? of Cromwell to <laughs> it. Knocking out a monkey. Yeah, I, I think he'd knock out almost anything. Quite frankly, he was he was an interesting fellow. You see, now now I want to see an episode of, of Deadliest Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> if, for those of you who don't know Deadliest Warrior, it's it's historical battles. They they pitch two two great historic. Cromwell fighters. has artillery, but the monkey's yeah. got fists. <laughs> yeah. it, it, indeed. Anyway, uh, let's get back on track. So. Cromwell stolen by a monkey, Cromwell <laughs> fights a monkey, monkey ghost. He's right. We know he's right. He's been right every episode this season. Well, it just came in, It just came to me. It came to me, probably from a spirit guide. Yeah. To <laughs> spirit guide monkey. Let's put a spirit my, my monkey spirit monkey. guide. Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll pop for three. I'll say you got into a fight with a monkey. You got into a fight with a monkey yeah. and you're going for the ghost of a monkey. Yeah. Well, let's run through the ghosts of Hinchinbrook House, shall we? 
Uh, there is a nun who haunts the Nun's Bridge over Alconry Brook. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, legend has it she was in a love affair with uh, with a monk and was later actually uh, they actually found two skeletons uh, around the house and wow. uh, and initially they were thought to be nuns um, recently only only a couple of years ago they were dated and actually they were the body of a man and a woman from around um, 994 to 1050 AD according to the Hunt's Post and the woman was pregnant wow yes uh, possible ch- childbirth scars were found on the female and uh, suggesting a Degenerative arthritis in the body, um, and the male was very, very tall. He was around six foot one, uh, and, and aged forty-three to fifty-five when he died, and had suffered a broken arm in adulthood. Wow! Um, so there you go. God, it's great we can find out, isn't it? That's how much we That's know amazing. about these these skeletons buried in um, in uh, in Hitchinbrook, and obviously, uh, you know, the the story of, of two lovers potentially may may have drifted through the, uh, the ages. There is also sightings of a cavalier said to haunt a room in which he was killed. Wow, there's what always a ca- what, what a what a cavalier was doing in uh, in Hinterbrook House is a good question. Yeah, yeah. Um, imagine with a hat though, big ghostly feather in it. That'd be yeah. amazing. That'd be fantastic. Um, we'd hope he'd, t- he'd take his hat off indoors. Yeah. Oh, true. Yes, yeah. polite. I, I just got. I've got a quick question though. If if ghosts are real, does that mean that, and they've all got the clothes on? <laughs> then is that the ghost of the clothes? I bet. I bet you've read something on this, haven't you? Come on. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going down the route of, uh, of, of, of what that might be. Um, I'm sure I'll get it wrong and we'll get Derek Akora phoning in. Um, <laughs> we, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Uh, there is a phantom woman who floats down the stairs. Yeah. There is no monkey. Oh. The story I told you about the monkey is actually a much later legend uh, relating to a hunter who a, great, a big game hunter who uh, who shot a pet monkey in Africa and, and was believed to have been repeatedly haunted by the monkey in London oh. uh, to the point that he actually called an exorcist wow. and uh, and the exorcist said he saw this giant monkey and they managed to the power of Christ compelled it uh, <laughs> as it were so there is a ghost monkey so there is a ghost monkey well, yes. well, I'll take the point that, that does exist <laughs> whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> if Oliver Cromwell beat up a monkey A this is the best episode we've done yet and B I'm, I'm on a roll did Oliver Cromwell beat up a monkey no he <laughs> <laughs> there's no suspense nah. there <laughs> yeah, no. in 1604 Oliver Cromwell was said to have met Charles I in Hinterbrook House and beat him up really Really, so there is it, it's, it's probably apocryphal. There is a legend that says that Oliver Cromwell and Charles I, as children, mm. met in Hitchinbrook House uh, because obviously they were, you know, chumming around. Yeah. Um, and Oliver Cromwell, being a bit of a bully, um, and uh, he'd be <laughs> five, the living crap out of him. Yeah, he would have been five years old at the time. Uh, kicked the living crap out of Charles I. Wow, brilliant. Uh, now, if that is true. Oliver Cromwell is not just a bully; he is a horrible human being because Charles I was famously sickly yeah. as a child. I was thinking so that. he's just picking on the weakest kid in the playground. But again, that sounds like the Cromwell I I know and well, but indeed. love. But yeah. No, the story goes that uh, as a baby, uh, the nurse was not very attentive, and no. um, and as we know, Henry Williams, um, the, the Golden Knight, was incredibly wealthy, and he owned a pet monkey. Um, the nurse turns her back around. The monkey picks up the small child and and has has it off and and runs off. And uh, the monkey uh, is found on the roof, dangling <laughs> Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> as the story goes, I think what how history would have changed. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the uh, the the whole household comes out with bed sheets, uh, strewn you know, to try and catch the infant if yeah. the monkey throws up. <laughs> Fortunately, the monkey gets bored and just sort of sets Oliver Cromwell down and, and wanders off. And and thus and thus the future of uh, the future Lord Protector of England mm. is saved uh, from the fate of a dangling monkey. Yeah. Do, do me a favour. Draw the line from rich English bloke 
to pet monkey in the 15th well, century. Oh, this, this, yeah. this would have been a great status symbol. Really? Absolutely. Uh, so um, famously, you know, animals were given as, as gifts. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's where we get things like the saying the white elephant, for example, you know, a white elephant stall. Um, a white elephant was a, was a gift that was given to someone you really didn't like. Because... <laughs> yeah, because then they've got to look after an elephant. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, that's the thing. They have to look after the elephants. But also because it's a white elephant, it's a holy elephant, you can't make it work. Oh. You can't make it do any chores and sort of, you know, it's not a working <laughs> elephant. It's just it's an brilliant. ornamental elephant. It's that's an brilliant. ornamental elephant, yeah. Was it the elephant in the room, though? This is the question. <laughs> well, it could, it could well have so, been. so if you, if you um, could have one of these, like, pets that we wouldn't consider today as pets, what would you have? Oh, that's a question and a half. I'm torn. I'd either go with, like, a monkey, but like a, a ring-tailed lemur or something like that, you know, kind of like a fun monkey. Mm-hmm. Or I'd, I'd have something big and powerful and fast, mm. cheater-esque. Or, no, a panther. panther would be amazing. No. No? no, no, you got it wrong. I like um, I like like an emu because I like their faces. They always look like they just woke up, and it's kind of like if you imagine like woke up, all right, <laughs> and he's like, whoa, <laughs> and uh, to see you. morning. <laughs> oh, no. Well, um, I, I'm going to stick with my tortoise. Oh, you, you have got a cool I, pet. I yeah. have got a cool pet, and, uh, and until, uh, until your next birthday, when we buy you an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. I have my pet tortoise, Gamera. Um, and I wouldn't swap in for anything in the world. Um, but I would say with, with elephants, there is, there is an interesting history of English people being given elephants. Um, so there was once... It's very English, isn't it? The kind of logical <laughs> step to, what can we get them that's really useless and annoying? An elephant. Well, <laughs> an elephant was... I, just, I, love, I love the idea. Yeah, yeah. I got, <laughs> got, you, got your present, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <It's outside>. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they make donkey noises? <laughs> An elephant was uh, sorry. No, it's all right. An elephant was given uh, to the Tower of London because the Tower of London used to have a zoo. Yeah. And the uh, and, and famously the keepers didn't know what to feed an elephant, so they just gave it beer and it died. <laughs> well, yeah. But um, they can get drunk, can't they, elephants? I, I don't know. They I've can't. never tried to get an elephant drunk. What they do is they um, they get fruit and they leave it out in the sun until it ferments, and then they'll they'll eat it, drink it, whatever they do with it, and get drunk. Well, they, they naturally get drunk. There you go, <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Fencast providing you elephant facts. Who knew? We've um, got a bit off topic. We are yeah. getting completely off topic. So it, it wouldn't be that outrageous for him to to own a monkey, given that uh, he was incredibly wealthy, okay. and and of course uh, he was knighted by Elizabeth I. He was a courtier, and as we know that the New World was coming in at this time. Obviously, elephants and monkeys and the like don't <laughs> come from the New World, but there is uh, there's no reason that that a courtier, a wealthy courtier, couldn't have a monkey. Uh, interesting that Cromwell was stolen. That's probably uh, apocryphal again. But uh, it's a great story, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, it, it would be nice if it was true. The dangling part, especially. Child, child, <laughs> child makes friend a monkey. Yes, a bit like Dunstan checks in. It, it, it's a little bit like Dunstan checks in, uh, only that's an ape. Anyway, we've started uh, with Oliver Cromwell's early life, so let's finish with his death, shall we? Now, finally, on Fencast, we like to finish with a custom or a strange legend that's a bit tangible. So here's a question for you. Where is Oliver Cromwell's head? Oh. Yeah, I know. This See, I've done a, I did a, a ghost hunt at Oliver Cromwell's house in Ely, and I remember they told us where his head is. Um... I, give, I, give us, give us some options. Give yeah. us some options. Well, well, let's start. Let's 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 work through Oliver Cromwell's life before we begin. So, Oliver Cromwell, twenty fifth of April, fifteen ninety nine, is when he was born. Uh, we were actually recording on the twenty sixth of April. Oh, um, so uh, this was this was planned uh, as an Oliver Cromwell special. Uh, we don't. This we, is the first we've mentioned of it. I, I, know, <laughs> I, I know. I just sort of snuck that in there. But yeah, as you see, we've done the Cromwell family. Uh, 
four letters uh, exist uh, before aged 40 of, of uh, Oliver Cromwell, so we know very little about him. We know he was an MP in Huntingdon in, in 1628, gave one speech in the House of Commons, and it was poorly received. We kicked um, him out, didn't we? Yeah, he, yeah Huntingdon yeah. kicked him out. He got into a bit of trouble, went to St Ives. Uh, ended up in, in Ely, as we know. So they kicked him out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and became uh, MP for Cambridge in 1640. Um, we know that he married in six, in London, 1620. Nine children, six survived to adulthood. Blimey, that's not bad. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good odds for those days. Known as Old Ironsides during the war. Do we know why? Um, I had something to do with him. I, uh, no, I've got Sam Vimes' old stone face in my head now, and I can't get past that. Well, Old Ironsides was uh, was mainly because uh, that's what his men wore. He, he, he was uh, a cavalry officer, yeah. and his men famously wore uh, wore iron. Well, well provisioned men, incredibly good unit mm. to the point that he actually started uh, creating this this obviously new model army mm. along with other people and uh, and revolutionised warfare as we know it. Uh, became Lord Protector and. Um, well, generally hated by everybody. I was say, he was generally hated by everyone else. You know, uh, famously did did things that weren't very popular with uh, with Ireland. Yeah, um, oh yeah, and uh, and also cancelled Christmas. Um, and in six, t- hold on a minute, leave a break because I'm just going to put in the clip with uh, Alan Rickman, Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> Cancel the kitchen scraps for lepers and orphans. No more merciful beheadings. And call off Christmas. Oh, that work. Uh, a, Oliver Cromwell died in 1658, possibly of malaria, uh, and he was buried with full honours in Westminster Abbey. His son Richard took over, became known as Tumbledown Dick, didn't last very long, and he was replaced by Charles II. So that is the history of Oliver Cromwell. Uh, in 1661, Charles II returned, dug the body up, and had it hung from four uh, from the morning till four in the afternoon at Tyburn. Uh, the head was then cut off and placed on a 20-foot spike above Westminster Hall for the next 25 years. Wow. So where, we, where Oliver Cromwell's statue is today, uh, which is just outside the, um, the, the Palace of Westminster, the House of Commons, as people know it, and House of Lords, um, was basically a spike with Oliver Cromwell's actual head on it. Now, in 1650, uh, sorry, 1685, a storm knocks the head off the pike, and it is rescued by a guard who hides it in the chimney of his house. <laughs> By 1710, somehow it had ended up in the hands of a Swiss curio collector known as Klaus Depoy. It then passes to Simon Russell, then the Hughes brothers, then Josiah Henry Wilkinson. Oh, that's a name. Then a second Cromwell head turns up, Uh-oh. known as the Ashmolean Skull. Oh, this, I've heard of this. This turns out to be a complete fake. Uh, they prove it. Uh, so it was put into an airtight box, the actual skull, mm. and it, it is authentic and it is recognised as Oliver Cromwell's official skull. <laughs> and in 1960, Good. it was buried in a secret location. And here are your options. Okay. Is the secret location somewhere in Huntingdon around All Saints Church, where his family were buried? Is it in his old college, Sydney Sussex College in Cambridge? Or is it in Ely, around by the cathedral? I don't... Oh. I'm still thinking about... I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. If you're still thinking about the monkey, mate. No, I'm, not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not still thinking about the monkey. I'm thinking how movies. well they did to manage that head to go through that many hands and they didn't lose any of the pieces. You know. It's like it's one piece, I mean, it's pretty much a weathered skull. Yeah, so. But, so, yeah, it's not good damaged. You know, I mean, if I, if I gave you a book yeah. and you had it for you know six months and then you gave it to Kit for six months, I'd get it back and the pages would be a bit... 
You know? What are you suggesting? What, what did you, what, <laughs> no, I take offence at that. <laughs> before we think about, uh, before we think about that, uh, how weird is it that uh, that Charles II do you think dug up Oliver Cromwell and then hanged him and uh, and took the head on a pike? Oh, after after what happened to Charles I, I suppose you know, and that was was kind of the thing to do was to, yeah. to display. So that was, enemies, that was three it, so. three years after Oliver Cromwell died. He did this. Wow. Was there much head left after three years? Well, uh, evidently, I mean, this isn't the first time it ha- uh, something like this happened. So yeah. famously, uh, one of the popes was uh, was dug up, and his uh, his uh, successor put him on trial for uh, for heresy <laughs> in something known as the Cadaver Synod. Brilliant. And he and he actually got in one the best of witness crock examination in history. <laughs> he got he got one of the cardinals to answer for the pope. No. <laughs> so, this, so this body was in the. Uh, it was in the witness stand and was like, like, a, like a ventriloquist <laughs> doing guilty, you know. Weekend yeah. at Bernie's was this. <laughs> Absolutely. So look, look it up on Brilliant. Wikipedia. It's Brilliant. A, the, the cadaver so, synod. We all know you committed the crime. Did you commit it? Yeah. See? <laughs> See? He, he, the, 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 uh, the, the corpse was actually found guilty by his own confession. Brilliant. So. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, the weird history of digging up bodies is, is a fascinating subject. Um, moving on, where do, we, where do we think? So is it Ely? Is it uh, Sydney Sussex College in Cambridge? Or is it Down by All Saints in Huntingdon? Oh. Somewhere, I'm going to say. No, do you know what? There's been a link. Always back to Huntingdon. Yeah. Huntingdon. No, it's Sydney Sussex no. College. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, in, in, in 1960, it was placed in an airtight box and it is buried in a secret location somewhere in Sydney Sussex College at Cambridge, which is right in the centre of Cambridge. Mm. I mean, Sydney Sussex is probably the one college you will walk past if you walk down the main street of, of Cambridge. You know, um, and uh, And yes... Only the master is said to know where exactly Oliver Cromwell is. is oh, that's cool. Is buried. It's, it's a secret that is passed down between the masters of, uh, of Sydney Sussex College. If I'd have known that, I'd have gone into academia and got that job for that very reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I would. I would. Accused of lying on this program consistently. Yes. So, if anyone uh, suddenly finds holes dug up in Sydney yeah. Sussex <laughs> College's lawn, an Adam with dirty hands. <laughs> bloke with long hair and a, yeah, a lot of mud on his shirt you'll know why <laughs> well there we go that is all we've got time for no time for post bag we're going to have to skip that feature um, Alex do you want to give it the details of how people can get in touch if they wish to do so yeah do get in touch with us the email address is thefencast at gmail.com we're also on Facebook and Twitter just search for the Fencast. Or dig up the uh, head of Oliver Cromwell, send it to us, and we will um, make sure you, you make sure yeah. make, yeah. make sure you pay the right posters, though, because <laughs> the last thing <laughs> we yeah. need is having to go down the post office paying one sixty for someone's old head. We also don't want an, an, an elephant, please. No yeah, elephants. No elephants. No. Monkeys no. negotiable. Monkeys negotiable. Apes. No apes. Yeah. No apes. Anyway, there we go. Uh, I've been Kit Chapman, and I've been joined by uh, the drab maestro and the lean, relaxed plan that is Adam Roberts and Alex Parnell. Thank you so much for listening, and join us next time. Bye.